Hey you, happy Monday, January 29, 2024. My name is Anna Wells. The name of the podcast is Transparency. And oh my gosh, do I have a good one for you? I really, I feel like I'm on fire. I cannot wait to share this with you. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. It's, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but this one is good. This one is really, really, really good. So are you ready? Fasting your seatbelt. And here we go. Today, I want to chat about you. It's all about you. And it is you against you. You got to believe in yourself. You are not competing with anyone but yourself. So I was listening to a podcast, which got me over the moon, on top, excited to share this with you. And I don't know, not every podcast I love from her, but this one I love, 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 love. It's Mel Robbins. I'm sure you love Mel Robbins. And I just love how, how, how humble, how real, how honest, how passionate she is. And little things that she says, like little nuggets that she drops that I'm like, oh, wow, I had no idea. And I think this is the key with podcasting. This is the key with winning your audience over. It's being humble, being real, and actually sharing your true, true self, your insecurities, your everything. So (laughs) I got denied two years in a row to enter the United States of America. And before that, I got deported from America, which means, and I bet you don't even know this, when you get deported, you're automatically on a blacklist for five freaking years. Five years. You are not allowed to enter the United States of America. Now, just just imagine for a second, close your eyes, close your eyes. Imagine there is a place on this planet you are not allowed to go to. It's, it's kind of like I'm telling you, you go into a candy store, but before we go in, let me tell you right now, before we go in, you are not allowed to have any of the candy. Come on, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that you want all the freaking candy in there. It's, it's, it's the same with, it, with, it, with a criminal. When you push a criminal in a corner, when, it put, when you push an animal in a corner, they get more violent. They get more angry. They, they feel trapped. Now they're lashing out. And that's exactly what happened to me. When I went to America the first time, as a nanny, I bought the newspaper in Holland, found a nanny position, and arrived July 4th in Boca Raton, Florida. And oh my gosh, I fell in love with America. I wanted to kiss the ground. It was exactly like the movies, exactly like the magazines, exactly like the books, exactly what I had in mind. 
of how America looked. It was, of course, it helped that where I was a nanny looked like the Stepford Wives. It looked like, like, like Pleasantville. It looked like gorgeous, 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 beautiful home, beautiful pool, beautiful everything, beautiful, like meet the Joneses, okay? But then when I was only allowed to stay three months and I overstayed for eh, close to a year and I made the mistake of leaving America to Puerto Rico and everyone said, oh, no, no, Puerto Rico is, is part of America. It's, it's, it's on American property. It's fine. You don't need a passport. You just need an ID. But yeah, they don't know. People don't know until they know how it is to be a European, to be a foreigner in America. It's the same like you don't know how it is to be an American in Europe until you are the American in Europe, right? So <laughs> I went to Puerto Rico. And when I came back into Miami, <laughs> the immigration guy said, hey, and later he said he just wanted to flirt with me. He said, hey, I'm like, hey, he said, where are you from? And me, you know, very proud. Oh, uh, Holland, Amsterdam. He's like, oh, but but wait, where is your where is your ID? Where is your passport? I'm like, oh yeah, no, um, my passport. Yeah, I think it was expired, and my ID. I don't have ID. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know how dumb I was, ignorant, like so naive. And then he said, okay, 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 let's look in the computer when you came into America. And for some reason, I slipped through the cracks. That, that shit does happen, you know? And he couldn't find when I entered America. He could not see it. And he's like, okay, you, 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 you got to stay here. You can't go anywhere. You can't keep going. You, you got to stay. He wanted to put handcuffs. I said, please don't put handcuffs. That will give me nightmares. So he didn't. And he put me in like Salvation Army, jail, whatever, by myself. I remember there was a cockroach. I remember I wanted to kill the cockroach with my flip-flop slipper. And it went to a hole in the wall. You know, the, the cockroach disappeared. And I didn't want to eat because I'm like, oh, poor me, pity me. You know, victim mode, like, oh, look at me on strike, you know. And uh, yeah, it, they, they take that shit serious. So then I had to swear on the Bible to the United States of America. My supervisor was Mr. King to never do this again. I'm like, do what? And they're like, you overstayed. I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you're only allowed to stay three months on a waiver as a European from Western Europe. Every country is different. Eastern Europe, Western Europe, wherever. I'm from Western Europe, Holland. And uh, yeah, you overstayed. And uh, you got to go. I'm like, what do you mean? When can I come back? And they're like, oh, like blacklist is like five years. I mean, and he said, I'm sure you'll come back, but you cannot come back any day soon. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, and they did. They escorted me to the plane. I remember in a van with bars in it. And then two guys escorted me to the plane in there. I mean, to, to, to today, I don't remember how that looked. Did that look like I'm a freaking prisoner? I have no idea. They didn't put handcuffs, but I now I'm like, maybe I blocked it. You know how you block things in life that they did happen, you know they happened, but you can't really picture it exactly how it went down. But I remember I <laughs> sat down next to some... 
English businessmen, three English uh, businessmen, and I told them the story, and they're, they're like, oh, my gosh, you, you should write a book. And to this, to this day, I'm like, I want to write a book about it. That's why it's good that I keep talking about it and keeping it fresh, you know what I mean? Um, and that's why I call my podcast Transparency. I want to be totally and completely transparent. By the way, what you just heard was Dobby, my furry baby, and I'm here in the living room podcasting from my phone. So no editing, real and raw. So to go back to the story, I told these three guys and they were like, oh my gosh, you should write a book. And when we arrived, listen to this. They couldn't find a direct flight to Amsterdam. So they had put me, and I knew that, they had put me on a flight to St. Martin. Of course, I knew where I was going. So I was going to St. Martin. St. Martin has Dutch property and French. And I arrived at the Dutch property because I'm Dutch. Okay, so it has to be somewhere Dutch. So, hey, not too bad, right, to be deported uh, to St. Martin, which is Caribbean, which is <laughs> not too shabby. But don't forget, we, you know, it's the same like when you have millions of dollars or when you're in a Rolls Royce or in a Bentley. When you're sad, you're sad. When you're crying, you're crying. Yeah, I'd rather cry in a Bentley. I'd rather cry in the Caribbean on an island, but I don't want to cry than on a bicycle, you know what I mean? So I arrived, and I remember these three businessmen, they helped me. They were staying at a hotel and they said, listen, we have three different rooms. We'll give up one of our rooms for a little bit. Just contact your parents. And, you know, I was young. Contact your parents to get a flight or a ticket to back to Amsterdam and we'll, we'll help you. You can stay there because I had no idea where I was going to stay, you know. And I was very grateful. And, you know, Europeans, we really have an unspoken, unwritten love and loyalty for each other because we know we are, we are, you know, the same peeps. We're Europeans, right? So they helped me. And I remember they, they, they gave me food. They brought food upstairs and they said, you know, uh, we don't want our boss, the company that they worked for, to know about this, but so you can't stay for a long time. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. I'm, I'm working on this. So my parents got me a ticket from St. Martin to Amsterdam. And I remember they got me a ticket, but they forgot the airport tax. At that time, years ago, they still had airport tax. So I, I was at the airport. I was ready to fly back, but I didn't have money for airport tax. And there was a guy waiting for his girlfriend and we were chatting and you know me, I talked to everybody and he said, here, how much is it? I think it was like 25 guilders or something at that time. We still had guilders. Now it's euro everywhere. So he gave me like 25 guilders and I said, give me your address. Give me your phone number. I'll send it back. He said, no, no, this is karma. I'm like, okay. So, um, then back in Holland, I was not allowed in America for five years. And every year, Every freaking year I went to the embassy and every year they said no. And I cried and I begged and oh my gosh, I traveled within Europe. I still had a boyfriend who uh, was living in Miami. He had to keep going and I was, you know, deported. So we kept in touch and he asked to be transferred um, to Europe. So he came to London and I went to London to visit him and then to um, Hungary. And he stayed in Hungary, Hotel Kempinski, Budapest, for 
like seven months. So I stayed with him in that hotel. I remember Mick Jagger was there, you know, Rolling Stones and, uh, you know, met a lot of people. And so while I was traveling within Europe and living in Hungary and I met this guy in Hungary, um, Ronald von Jaco. He lives in, or he lived in Boston. I should actually look him up on social media. Such a nice guy, a doctor, and I really liked him a lot. But I had a boyfriend, so we were just friends. And I remember he said, come to Boston. And I said, I can't because I got deported from America. And he said, you know what? Just go to Canada and Montreal, Quebec. And then I'll come from Boston. I live in Boston and I'll pick you up. I'll put you in the trunk. And if they stop me, I'll say, that's my dummy. Doesn't she look real? And I'm not kidding. (laughs) For a second, I thought about it. Maybe longer than a second, I thought about it. Because I wanted to come back to America so bad I could taste it. Oh my gosh, so bad. For all these years, I was dreaming about America. And that's why I'm so obsessed with America too. You know, that's my story. So finally, after gosh, how many years I was allowed back in America. I mean, it took years and years and years and years and years, right? So it took years to come to the USA and then while I was in Holland, I or and I was in Hungary, and then while I was in Hungary living with him, he cheated, so I left. I will never stay with a guy who cheats or does anything abusive. I I have too much respect for myself. So the minute I found out he was cheating, I got a phone call one time in the hotel from this girl from Germany, and she's like, oh, you're an American bitch. And I'm like, what? I'm not even American. I'm Dutch. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then I found out he was seeing her in Germany when he was traveling to Euro- uh, Germany while I was in Hungary. So I left, went back to Holland. I waitresses in Holland. I worked as a flight attendant. I studied Arabic. I mean, I did all the things. I even <laughs> applied for Gulf Air. And I I wanted to get out of Holland so bad. I don't know how bad, why I think Holland is so bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. Holland is not bad. It just isn't for me. It's small, it's cold, it's cloudy, it's depressing. It's just not for me. I just didn't want the typical life of getting married, having children. I wanted more out of life. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do the things I wasn't allowed to do. So I even applied for Gulf Air, which is an airline based out of uh, Bahrain, and I got the night two times. Yeah. And finally, I had to go for an interview in London every time. And then finally, I, they said yes. And then because of political reasons, that didn't even happen. So there's that. And then finally, finally, I was allowed back in America for six months. And then I remember when I get the, got the letter when I was living in America for like six months in L.A., uh, at that time, I started in Hollywood, then Beverly Hills. I ripped up the letter and threw it away because they said, okay, your six months are up. You have to go back to Holland. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not leaving again. I am staying put. I am staying put. And I did for 11 years. I know, And I know that's not something to be proud of, but I stayed put. And now today, I am an American citizen I even was allowed to change my name legally. I was Anna Marika, now I'm Anna. 
because it's easier because nobody can say Ana Marika. Um, and finally, how I became legal because finally I got married out of love. I didn't want to get married for the wrong reasons. I didn't want to get married for the green card. I didn't want to get married with another girl pretending to be lesbian for the green cards or, you know, I, I wanted it for real. And that's why it took so long. But then finally, when I got married out of love and finally, when I got the green card, he passed away from a heart attack. So we were married for eight years. Oh my gosh, love of my life. And then lost my baby. So I lost my hubby, lost my baby. Uh, finally, I met my second soulmate who I'm with right now, who is the love of my life. My gosh, is he flawless. And finally, I got my American citizenship. And now I feel that I really, really feel that I'm a winner. And my point is that you got to pursue the things that you want but you got to realize it's not easy. Nothing in life that is worth having is easy. And you're only competing with yourself. And you got to put in the work. And some days will suck, but you got to expect it to suck. And you got to keep pushing. And you know who I want to thank? Me. I want to thank me. I want to say you go on with your bad self and you did this. And I'm not done. And I'm not close to being done. And then sometimes I'm, I'm asking myself, what else do I want? I got that perfect husband who is a pilot and he actually quit drinking for me. He totally quit drinking. It's not like he had a big problem, but I had a big problem with it. He quit drinking for me. Yeah. Can you believe that? He really, really quit drinking for me. Like who does that? Yeah. And let me tell you another thing. I wanted to have a baby so bad, especially after I lost my baby. So when I met John, my husband now, and he said he didn't want to get married, he didn't want to have a baby, and he did get married to me because I was poking and nagging and poking and nagging and begging and, you know, a typical manipulating woman, and he did get married. I think it also had to do with taxes. I think his parents said, hey, it will be worth it for taxes. <laughs> I don't know. And, of course, love and everything, and, you know, he didn't want to lose me. And it's not like I gave him an ultimatum, but... I was always begging, like, I really wanted to get married. And I, I believe in marriage. I believe that when you choose that one person, you make it work. I think when you're boyfriend, girlfriend, it's so easy to say, oh, we're fighting, I'm packing my bags. Oh, we're fighting, I'm out of here. But when you're married, it's not that easy to give up and you fight for it. And I, I think nothing in life is worth having until you work for it. You really got to work for it. So, yeah. And so he married me, okay? And he said, if we have a baby, then I'll welcome it. So I remember <laughs> after having hanky-panky, I was always like, you know, trying to marinate it like a little oven, like, okay, okay. And he's like, why are you, why are you, why are you laying like that with your legs in the air? I'm like, no, I want it to, you know, <laughs> sink in. And we went to the doctor to see if he was okay, if I was okay. We realized that he has, um, uh, what does he have, low T, and I have something wrong with me, and together we're kind of broken. And then he went on some kind of medicine, and then I went on some kind of medicine, 
And then I just didn't like how it made me feel. And I didn't really like how it made him feel. And we both stopped doing that. And I'm like, if nature is supposed to give us a baby, then it will happen. Obviously, it didn't happen. But I do believe in it being real. You know what I mean? Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And obviously, it wasn't meant to be. But I don't know. My point with this is like, keep going. And with the boutique too, I failed so many times. And you can listen back to the podcast, even with the storefront that I had, that I really feel I failed, but it just wasn't for me. It didn't make me happy. And if it doesn't spark joy, why do it? And even on the days that I'm podcasting and that I'm doing IG Live, when I wake up, I always stop myself and be like, how do you feel? Do Are you looking forward to your podcast? And yes, I am looking forward to my podcast. And yes, I'm looking forward to my IG lives. But I'm still nervous around it. And I'm still a little bit scared. And the days that I'm not podcasting and the days that I'm not IG living, I feel relieved. But I also feel that I'm missing something like, wait, I want to have a purpose. I want to have a mission. I want to make a difference. I want to inspire. I want to motivate. So that's where I am right now with with what I'm doing. And then with the boutique, I'm still enjoying the fashion so much that I definitely want to keep doing that. I know for a fact I'm going to keep doing that. But I also know that I enjoy being a housewife. I enjoy being a homemaker. I enjoy being a wife. I enjoy being a woman. I enjoy being a friend. I enjoy being a daughter, uh, a furry baby mama. I want to be good at that. And I want to make sure that I keep that as a priority. You know what I mean? I won't say to John, no, I can't do this for you because my IG Live is more important or my this is more important. You know you know what I mean? I still want him to realize that he's my number one and that I appreciate him and respect him and all the things. So that's where I want to leave it for today. I told you I was on a high today and I don't want to always tell my story because when I see these Instagram pages and they're always dwelling on, for example, their Instagram pages and they're like all about being a a widow or all about being a divorcee or all about being a lesbian or all about being a boutique owner or all about being one thing. And I get that's their niche, but I don't want to dwell on it. I don't. And I don't think it's good to keep dwelling on it. And I think it's like you learn from your past. You are the way you are because of your past. And you are special the way you are. But I don't want to keep, again, keep dwelling on it. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. It's not boo-hoo and victim mode, you know? Um, so that's it. I'll chat with you on Wednesday. I hope this was inspiring, educating, funny, entertaining, anything. And please, if you do like it, if you get any enjoyment out of it, subscribe, uh, share and tag on social media, because that will help me and I will reciprocate, of course. I will tag you, I will shout you out, I will comment on your post, I will help you grow on social media and in life. And just to tell you, I'm in Insta Jail again <laughs> till February 5th. 
And it's interesting because I um, wanted to have the Meta certified, um, that little asterisk, blue asterisk, you know, after your name on Instagram. So you're paying $14.95, something like that per month to get that. And I tried that before and I got denied. Don't know why, maybe because they wanted me to prove it with my documents. But remember when I got robbed and I didn't have my passport yet back, so I couldn't show them two forms of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, passport identification. And now I'm trying it again and I'm in Insta jail because I commented too fast and then they think you're a bot. So then I'm like, okay, if my, if I'm being meta certified, then they, hopefully I won't get on in Insta jail, but I don't know. It's, it's confusing. They'll take my money, but I'm still in Insta jail, but I can still create content and do all the things, but I can't comment on your post, which is actually the most annoying part of Instagram to comment on people's posts. That takes a lot of time and work and effort, but I don't want to just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. I don't want to, you know, ghost, post and ghost. I want to be a nice human and still comment on your stuff. But now I can't do that. So hopefully you still comment on mine. Sometimes people's true colors shines through that they don't comment because they know you can't comment back. And I'm like, really? Come on. So please say hi and I will chat with you on Wednesday. Bye.